Hello, everybody. This is your favorite Bronze Age Spider-Man podcast. This is Here Comes the Spider-Cast. I am your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell. And today we're going to be talking about comic, uh, Spider-Man comics from January of 1983. So, Happy New Year. Yes, that's right. So, we cover a month of Spider-Man comics every week. And this week, we have a special return guest, two special return guests. Uh... First up is G.I. Jolie from the Comic Book Syndicate. Uh, Jolie, say hi. Hi. I guess it's not so special anymore. Yeah. The unspecial guest, I guess, right? <laughs> unspecial three yeah. weeks in a row guest. <laughs> yeah. And then we have a, a special guest returning from a few weeks ago. Uh, uh, v, our pal V. Say hi, V. Hey. How's everybody? Pretty uh, we're good. We're good, man. Thanks again yeah. for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, and just to recall really quickly, V, you did used to read Spider-Man comics back in the late 90s, I think, or in early 2000s, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I can't remember. You would know the artist better than I do, but uh, yeah. John Romita Jr. He was our That's main man. One. Yeah, yep. yep. So yeah, uh, thankfully we have some John Romita Jr. art this week. We're going to start off with Amazing Spider-Man number 236, which is the... It feels like this is the third time the story's ended, but it's the dramatic conclusion right. of the Wasp Tarantula brand epic. And um, I'll quickly sum this one up. Um, basically, it kind of just continues the story of the tarantula has been transformed into this, well, an actual tarantula. And he's at the brand corporation. And basically, Will of the Wisp and Spider-Man are in a battle of wills, so to speak, a battle of morals about what they should do with this guy. Uh, Will of the Wisp wants to kill. He wants to kill. Was it Tarantula or? Yes. No. He wants to kill. He wants to kill the 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 uh, head of Brand who who uh, turned him into the Wisp and turned Tarantula into right. an actual Tarantula because he's part of his origin. Right. Okay. Right. So basically, Spider Man. Uh, what's this guy's name? He's got a funny name. Uh, Melvin. <laughs> so <laughs> Spider Man grabs Melvin and basically takes off with him. And then Will Will the Wisp just basically starts chasing after him. Meanwhile, there's this other guy that's communicating with this secret guy, who we don't know who it is because his face is obscured because he's in front of a he's sitting in a chair. And basically, the rest of the issue is Spider-Man with Melvin, and then Will Will the Wisp chasing him uh, after him, trying to get this guy. So they fight and fight and fight, and then you know the news gets involved, and they're on top of buildings, and it's classic Marvel action, and then. Spidey tricks Will of the Wisp into going into this. Um, what is this thing called? It's like a power plant of some sort. It's it's got these like giant magnets in it that kind of scramble right. up as particles. Right. And so basically, yeah. So now Tarantula's got Melvin tied up in a, or uh, webbed to the top of this building, and so there's more fisticuffs, you know. And they're cutting away to newscasters watching and stuff. And basically, Will the Wisp has the opportunity to kill this guy, but he decides not to. He decides just to smash the the building or smash the what's that called the chimney there and mm-hmm. then basically he decides he's going to let him live but then tarantula is is devolving more and more into a spider and so his his brain you know uh will will of the wisp has no effect on his brain he can't do anything so basically there's more fighting and then what happens the cops almost like king kong they see tarantula they shoot their guns at him and then tarantula falls off the building and lands splat on the ground actually thud on the ground and obviously dies and then that's pretty much it will the wisp uh talks with spidey takes off and that's pretty much the end then Mm -hmm. they wrap it up so yeah, I really enjoyed this issue. Uh, we're going to start with our special guest this week. Uh, v, what did you think of uh, Amazing Spider-Man 235? 236, sorry. 
Yeah, 236. Uh, you probably shouldn't have started with me because for whatever reason, I read these in reverse order. Oh, okay. And this, was, this was the last. I can tell you what I thought. This was the last one I got to. Okay. And uh, I rushed through it. And boy, I did not like the art at all. And um, well, the art kind of like, uh, you know what? I don't have a lot of time. So heck with it. Well, you know what's funny is it's actually your, your main man, John Romita Jr. Yeah. Who's the penciler. But I will say something that Mike Dell pointed out. That at this point in his career, John Romita Jr. was not doing full pencils. He was only doing layouts. So if you look at the the opening splash page of the tarantula coming through the doorway, I love that shot. Like the mm -hmm. gigantic hand in the foreground. That's an example of, that's clearly John Romita's work. But I think that because this is inked by Frank Giacoya, who's not been inking Spider-Man lately, I'm, I'm only guessing that maybe that's why I didn't like the art, because the inks were a little bit sloppier than usual. Do you think that's what it was? No, it was a little bit of everything. Like, I, I didn't like the way it was... Yeah, you're right. The way it was penciled. I didn't like the way it was... Col coloring is the same as penciling? Well, no. Color yeah. is the color. And then pe pencil is the first stage where you're actually just drawing the figures. Mm -hmm. Inking is the black inks that are outlining that and adding shade and texture. Yeah. And then the color is literally just the color. Three completely separate steps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't like the color either. You know what? <clears throat> and I hate to say this, it looked to me like the kind of comic you would get for free at a kid's meal with Bur a Burger King meal. You mean because wow. of the color? Yeah, well, yeah, the color and it just, I don't know, the art was just kind of, I don't know, it was kind of basic. Everything was so spaced out, like, I don't know. I, I complain a lot about messy panels, but this uh -huh. one was just, it was like too clean. Interesting. Okay. I mean, it, now granted, the, the the recolors that are done on a computer could make it look a little bit more like a coloring book. I know what you mean. Yeah, that's a good uh, way to put it. It looks like a coloring book. So, Jolie, what did you think of this issue? Let's start with the art. Um. Yeah, it's a, it was good. It was... It's really funny because aside from there being a lot of blank space, I found some of the compositions kind of messy. Yeah. Even though we're media to the layouts, like the one where um, Will of the Wisp is describing what happened with him and Tarantula falling into the water, mm. that was like kind of amateur for a composition. Okay. It was just not well done at all. Um, and then, but I don't think it was aided by this this, this poor coloring job. So um, yeah, I, it's not the worst. It's not the worst art I've ever seen. I actually like when the colors are flat like this okay um but i don't know i just i guess it wasn't remarkable okay josh what do you think of the art yeah there i think that for the most part i liked it um there were some spots where it felt a little bit uh like jumbled where i didn't like 100 percent understand what was going on or like what the layout of everything was which is pretty uh uh, different from what uh, John Romita usually does, Junior. Sure. Yeah. Um, again, like Jolie said, with the the flashback of him kind of uh, saving the tarantula out of the water, or like I guess knocking him out and then pulling him out. Um, yeah, there there's just I, I feel like it just wasn't as strong as hmm. uh, previous issues. Although I will say I think that story wise, this is the better of the three. Yeah, I had. I mean, I personally had no issue with the story. I thought it was really good. Before we move on to the story, I wanted to point out a couple of really good panels. Uh, on digital page 15, uh, mm -hmm. the shot at the bottom of the tarantula kind of in front yeah. of uh, the guy, I think that is a great shot, personally. 
Um, like I, it's like I think he's really good at doing monsters like this. Like he did a really good redesign of Mephisto on Daredevil that I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, you could argue. I think if John Romita Jr. has a weakness, it's that he does. He, he one of the, one of the things he said is that his style is just inspired by what it takes to hit his deadline. So he's a known professional, like he's never late. So maybe he's figured out ways to cut corners and sort of get things done on time. But I think there's definitely points where, uh, you know, the art stands out. And I definitely don't think it's any worse than the last run of issues. Although it is, technically Frank Giacoya did ink the last issue. So I didn't really notice a difference there, but because the last issue v, v, v reviewed, it was a different inker. Maybe that's why the art doesn't Maybe. look as good to him. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about the story. I thought it was really good. Uh, Josh, you thought it was good. Uh, v, what did you think of the script? Yeah, I'm sorry. This is the one I kind of had a you know, no time to read, so I did okay. not. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Um, just for the record, some of us are still working, right? Like I'm working from home. V, I think you're working from home, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we're not all on a corona vacation, as our pal Marshall likes to call it. But anyway. Um, <laughs> So, Julie, did you want to talk about the story at all? Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> even though I had, I guess I had time to read it, I wasn't... It was a good wrap-up to the arc. It wasn't, like, particular... There wasn't anything that he did that was... Um, that Sorry, that Spider-Man did that was, like, super remarkable. Like, mm -hmm. I honestly... I don't, I, I don't really know what to say. Like, it's just... It, passable mm -hmm. it's it's like he, th he throws him into a bag he throws him through a wall and into a bag okay cool but how did he even know it was there it's just like a big fight scene mm -hmm. so it, like things like that kind of uh, it's a fight scene and he's trying to save the life of this Melvin guy so he kind of like leaves him on a rooftop and these are already characters that I'm not super invested in because they're already um, their plot was so poorly plotted before like in the previous issues before this that i'm the the, the conclusion is like almost a relief mm. yeah i mean one argument i could say is maybe they dragged the story out a little bit too long but other yeah. than that i enjoyed it what, josh what's what do you think what's your final word on the story uh, yeah i think that if they they maybe shrunk this down into two issues it would feel mm -hmm. better and feel like a more tight story but yeah by the time I'm reading this one, I felt like I've read it before, like somewhat, yeah. because the last two issues were very repetitive. Well, I guess these two issues are repetitive from the first, right? So I, I like the conclusion that happened here. Um, I think that um, more is told and you, you understand what's going on in this issue. I think that's why I like this one the best of the three. But I think the thing that for me drags it down is the fact that we've seen this sort story twice in the last two issues and i'm right. just kind of like let's let's wrap it up right yeah i, I agree in fact the fact that uh, peter parker is sort of also wrapping up its storyline this month makes me wonder if there was a plan behind the scenes to sort of wrap everything up at the same time and then launch into the next storyline so maybe they drag this out an extra month just to make it match up with spectacular, spectacular right? yeah possibly. could be but overall, yeah, I definitely, I'm going to agree of the three Spider-Man comics this week that we reviewed, I think this is my favorite. So I will recommend it. Uh, v, will you recommend this or no? I don't think my opinion counts on this one. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't read it. <laughs> okay. Hey, I mean, George, unfortunately, doesn't do the show much anymore, but George is still here in spirit, right? 
Because, yeah, George never read the comics. Anyway, okay. So on to Jolie. Jolie, do you recommend the comic? I recommend it to any artist who's currently working in the industry as an exercise in restraint when it comes to architecture. Yeah, good mm. point. Yeah, I, I mean, I, this isn't the best art by Ramita Jr., but it's still, to me, comic book art 101. But, uh, Josh, do you recommend it? Yeah, I think I'd recommend it, especially w- with the other three. I think it's stronger mm-hmm. um, as a whole. I think that it definitely lifts up the other ones, but at the same time, it's so repetitive that I feel like you can read the first one and then skip to the third one and still Good understand point. what's going yeah. on. Because the second one, nothing like advances further. Yikes. Okay. So. All right. So now we move on to Marvel Team Up number 125 featuring Spider-Man and Tigra. Uh, Josh, did you want to uh, set this one up? Sure. Um, so, I mean, Spider-Man doesn't really have a whole lot to do at the beginning. We just no, see Tigra going uh, to uh, an audition. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Spider-Man is there also for this commercial that she's uh, trying to film. He scurries off once uh, she kind of makes a big deal out of it. And uh, uh, she does the audition. She leaves. Spider-Man tries to pick her up and she says no. Um, so then she uh, meets up with the uh, the cop that she had met earlier and goes on a date with him. And this guy, I can't remember his name, um, comes and tries to uh, start uh, like picking a fight with her. Spider-Man follows him there, and the both both of them kind of uh, team up to defeat this guy. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'll, I'll just quickly say that once again, I think the problem is, with J.M. Dematias is he's got a lot of ideas. He throws them all in. He doesn't develop any of them properly. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's there's an inconsistent tone, like you said. Spider-Man really doesn't need to be in the story. And he like he's kind of like pl- like shown as like a ladies' man too. Like he's mm-hmm. kind of like um, beans. I, I'm not gonna get the money from that gig, but at least I got to see Tigra again. Dang, she's smoking. Yeah. And then later on, he like asks her out and strikes out. And then and then like he follows the guy to the date and like Adam. It just feels like Spider Man just keeps showing up to pick up pick up Tigra, and it doesn't work. Yeah, uh, V, what was your impression of this one? <clears throat> Actually, uh, yeah, you're right. There were a couple issues with the story, but I liked it. Um, I felt like I was always guessing because I've never seen Tigra before. So okay. Her, okay. her first splash on the first page, I enjoyed it. I'm like, who is this? I like the art. Um, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the um, the part where I've always understood Spider-Man, like if something's coming at him, if there's an impending danger, he gets his spidey sense. But right. It was kind of out of the blue, like, hey, what's that guy doing? My spidey mm-hmm. sense is tingling. He's going to do something bad soon. And then he just follows him. So there was a little, little you know, plot line uh, hole there. But uh, I don't know. I kind of liked it. And, and him being um, a ladies' man, yeah, he strikes out. So not too yeah, much I of guess a ladies' that's man. that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and he tries again, like, even in the midst of the fight he's trying to get with her and it still doesn't work. And he ends up being a bother to her. I don't know. I, I, I actually like this story. Um, okay, so you know what's funny? Before we move, move forward, I just want to say I just realized there's a backup story with Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch, which you know, I did not read. Did anyone I else read it? I loved it. <laughs> oh, my I, God. I didn't even know it was here. I really liked it. 
Uh, I was gonna say like I I enjoyed that better than the the Spider-Man T-Girl story. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Julie, first, what's your impression of the first story? It was god awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, like one of the worst things I've ever read. A woman <laughs> with no agency, um, like written by men, obviously. So it's it's it's. I'm sorry. Do we swear on this podcast? I can't remember. Well, um, I just have to mark it as explicit if you do. <laughs> okay. Anyway, well, I don't. It's just it's terrible. Um, <laughs> even she, like, even she is trying to navigate this world of like superheroism, and mm. it's but it's between like dates. It's like why why but why did why but why does she gotta be a slut though? You know, like yeah. I, <sighs> like is this the only? Um, no, it, it, it doesn't make sense for me. It, uh, that this this is sort of like this on top of the side gig on top of the side gig this is the other story that she has mm-hmm. um it's always she's a powerful non-human i'm assuming but somehow yeah. is still it's the story still revolves around the need for men <laughs> I don't you know. know what, Jolie? I found that strange too. The fact that, like, at first I was like, "Hey, what's going on?" Like, she's going after this uh, cop that she just saved, and then it was almost kind of ruined when she's like, "Oh, he reminds me of my ex," and it's just yeah. like, "What the heck?" Yeah. Like, she's looking to like absolutely get the same guy. Like, it was strange. Yeah, it's like it's cute if she is in control of her femininity, and she like just, "Hey, if I could, if I did it, I, if I jumped on guys all day like this, I'd be kissing cute ass cops too." But like, but then, yeah, but then it becomes a sto- it's it becomes a story about her turmoil with men, and it's like, oh, okay, so just like all all characters for some reason, including Spider Man, it mm-hmm. like the story just becomes another vehicle for like romance that no one is looking for. Especially not the reader. Especially not me as the reader. <laughs> well, and you know... Right. Yeah. The thing is, I made a note here, and as I was reading it, I think I know what the problem is, is that, once again, it seems like J.M. Demetrius is like, you know, I want to tell a cool Tigra story, so I'm going to bring her into this comic, have Spider-Man be there at the beginning, then in two seconds, he's like, you know what, I changed my mind, I don't want to be in this. So really, he didn't need to be in that opening scene. That was ridiculous, right? So he takes off. And then we have this guy come back that was involved in her origin, and they flash back and have to explain who he is. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just a way to wrap up a subplot. Like, I think a better way to do a team-up book is to be like, okay, this is Spider-Man. This is how he... This is his personality. This is Tigra. This is her personality. And then to do a story where you don't need to read anything else to know what's going on. All you need to do is is be like is to see how they play off each other right Mm -hmm. wouldn't that be a lot more interesting than just oh back in defenders number 51 this happened and we're gonna wrap that story up and explain how it is resolved you know i think that's the key problem with all these marvel team-ups yeah and the way that they play them off of each other is he's constantly talking about how he can't concentrate because she's so attractive right right it's like okay I'm going to close this book now. I didn't close it because I knew there was a Doctor Strange and uh, Scarlet Witch team up later. Because I was like, oh, they were on the cover. When did they come in? And then I realized there's a whole other story. And then the whole other story was like way better than this one. Mm-hmm. So I'm with Josh on that one. 
Okay, so you know what? So you want to jump to that? So V, you did you what? read the can, backstory? Can I just mention one more yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I did. I, <laughs> I feel embarrassed to say I enjoyed the story, but I'll tell you that the the there was a low point for me, and uh, I'm reading it, and you mentioned it, Mike, when she explains. Um, the origin of, of why this guy is after her, I'm just yeah. like, oh, all of a sudden it gets really messy. The art gets messy. There's too much dialogue. And I'm like, oh, I just kind of skipped it. And then when you turn to the very next page, boom, in comes, comes Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this vengeance from beyond the grave routine is so played out. It's not even funny. Yes. And it's like a disclaimer. It's like, right. I'm not sexist, but and then you say a sexist thing. Right, this right. Is the good same point. thing, except done in reverse. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was the low point for this story for me. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, again, the only good thing I could say about it, I, and I didn't hate it. I, I don't hate any of these Marvel team ups. It, at least it's a comic book. Like Julie said a few weeks ago, it looks like a comic book. It reads like a comic book, so I can enjoy it on that level. But it's just not great. You know, there's nothing, and and the way that Tigra is portrayed is offensive, obviously, like we said earlier, like Jolie said. So yeah, definitely not. Again, I would I would read it again just because it feels like a Spider-Man comic book. But other than that, I can't really recommend this story. See, I don't even think I would read it again because it's not like, for me, if the story's not good and it doesn't work as a whole, then it's not going to be something that I go back and read again. Like, just because there's art on the page and there's <laughs> yeah. bubbles doesn't, like, just because it's a comic book, it does not mean that I want to read it. Well, let me you know clarify what I mean. What I mean. Like, yeah, when I say it's a comic book, I mean, like, it's a comic book the way that uh, 99% of current Marvel and DC comics are not comics, in that there's storyboards for a movie. And this, at least, because I do like the art, you know? Like, sure. at least it feels like a Spider-Man comic, and... J.M. Dematisse is a decent writer, so the, some of the dialogue is good. It's just that the story is just all over the place. It's like he just doesn't know what he wants right. to do. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess Sorry. for me, it's just like all I've gotten out of the comic. Like, I, I feel like I'm not going to get anything else out of this. Yeah. So, like, it's, for me, it's not something that I would probably ever read again. Yeah, I probably won't read read it either, but <laughs> um, let's actually jump to the next story. Because, like I said, I did yeah. not read this one. But, Josh, you did, right? Yes, I did. So what um, happens in this backup story? So we uh, we're, we start off the uh, backstory with uh, backup story with uh, this movie set, and uh, this director found this like old book from this uh, weird library he found, and mm-hmm. he used one of the like uh, spells in that book for the movie. So this woman is playing this witch. She says this spell, and it summons this demon from another dimension. And uh, Scarlet Witch is uh, walking by uh, <laughs> as he bursts out of the building. So she's kind of there. Again, we get another classic uh, water tower being destroyed <laughs> to fight the of villain. Of course. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like uh, it, we could play a drinking game with that where we re- we just pick random comics. And then every time there's a water tower, we <laughs> take a drink <laughs> because it just happens yep. so much. Good idea. Um, Mm-hmm. But uh, to to she saves this this man who's running uh, running away from the danger and it turns out to be Wong. So the two of them head to the Sanctum Sanctorum, uh, meet up with Doctor Strange, and the two of them uh, figure out a way to uh, stop this guy. Uh, Doctor Strange kind of like goes up to him and he uses the Eye of Agamotto to uh, understand what the demon is saying, and the demon is just scared and wants to go home. So he ends up opening up a portal and sending him back home and then the issue's done 
It's really so fun. So you you said you yeah. So you like oh so this is just uh, so everyone knows it's actually a different writer. It's Joe Duffy who's on my Facebook friend list and oh. who is oh, the writer of Star Wars, one of the main writers of the Marvel Star Wars. Okay. That's what she's most famous for. Yeah. So you thought this was better than the main story? Yes, I think so. For, for me, v- it definitely was. And V, did you read this one? No, you know what? I, I was clicking ahead. I got kind of confused, so I thought the, my computer glitched or something. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even get that far. I just stopped reading when the first story ended. I just didn't know. Even though they're on the cover, I didn't even notice they're on the cover. But yeah, so I didn't read it. So Julie, what do you think of the story? I loved it. It's so cute. It mm-hmm. also doesn't help that I'm totally immersed in a show called Magicians right now. Mm-hmm. So just like uh, it, a lot of it is the same. Um, it's the same type of magic mm-hmm. um, that's used in that show that Doctor Strange uses. And that's kind of like um, really where I wanted Harry Potter to go, but they didn't. So I'm really digging the story. Um, as always, you should never just open a book from a random junk shop and start reading the Latin out of it because <laughs> there there is a pentacle on the front and all kinds of like incantations. You didn't think something weird was going to happen, like the Belioth was going to just magically appear and start destroying everything. So, so strange. Um, but, and that's what I'm saying. Like, this is just, it's like ABC, totally fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like it's like really cool like the other stories that we've been reading for marvel team up aren't as succinct as this one um it doesn't have to be like crazy there there's so much explaining that for some reason gets done on origins or backstories but there's like one part where scarlet which is like oh doc i didn't know you could fly he's like i can't but my cloak can and that's it they don't dwell on it right sure they don't do five panels on the origin of the cloak of levitation. It's just, yeah. Right. And I mean, I'm a sucker for magic too. So the fact that these two are teaming up to kind of, and it just turns out that the beast is confused and scared yeah. is the sweetest thing ever. Um, and I really like it because yeah. it shows that kind of like other side of Dr. Strange, or I mean, mm-hmm. I guess even like Marvel comics in general, like Dr. Strange always has like a different way of looking at things. Um, even down to the to the like slow moments of this like short little story, like Scarlet Witch is panicked. The you know this this demon's wrecking havoc, and he's just like, okay, calm down. We we have some time. Wong, mm-hmm. do you want to make us some tea? And they sit down and they literally just chat about what's going on. And he kind of goes, okay, can you describe it? Sure. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I think it, it's got to be this. I know what I got to do. So they walk out and like they don't even really fight it. They kind of just. Uh, like slow him down enough so Doctor mm. Strange can go talk to him and then that's it they send him home it's so great <laughs> and like every good doctor once he's once he's identified the problem he goes into the back of his office to research how to take care of it like <laughs> the the surgeon has not le- the surgeon um minutia has not left <laughs> his right. routine it's so cute I love it yeah but anyway yeah well, you know, okay, so before we jump to the last one, let me ask this question. Of the three writers, Roger Stern, J.M. Demetrius, and Joe Duffy, which one would you say did the best job this week out of those three? Um, I would say Joe Duffy for sure. Oh, yeah, mm. I'm throwing my hat in the ring. I didn't yeah. want to be the first one oh, yeah. <laughs> to throw so, down for Duffy, I- but I'm in. I don't know if maybe it was just because it was a short little story and they were able to kind of just tell a quick story mm-hmm. without having like too much back background knowledge and like 
flashbacks and whatnot it was it was just so nice and clean and you you really get to know the characters without having to sit down and describe them like you 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 know exactly how dr strange works just by reading these couple of pages it's great um and and scarlet witch is a really fun hero like it like an in-hero um for this issue too so yeah this was fun so would you go on to read other joe duffy comics yeah not necessarily (laughs) but Um, i I think i think that i would um be more likely to like if i if i was like if i uh was like just going through random issues and i saw his name i'd probably check it out especially if he is writing uh other doctor strange or scarlet witch stories i I enjoyed this one enough that i would want to check that out it's she's actually a woman joe duffy oh sorry yeah, it's J O oh. Joe Duffy. Yep. Okay. So, oh, didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know. All right, so so definitely the backup was probably better because I didn't read it and V didn't read it, but it's, well, I'm going to assume you guys are right and say it's better than the main story. So, but we still, I mean, we don't recommend the first one, but I'll, we can recommend the backup story for sure. Yeah. So now we can jump to Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man seventy-four. Uh, Joe Lee, do you want to set this one up? <laughs> um. So this is the stunning conclusion of um, Deborah Whitman, the yeah. Deborah Whitman arc called Fantasia. Um, pretty much, he I, like I don't, I don't even know. I honestly, I, I don't know why these two. The owl is still fighting with somebody, but Spider Man opts to duck out of that because Deborah and her mental health are more important. So he's going to figure out a way for her to seem um, to, to get better. But because it's written by somebody and the mm-hmm. writer doesn't care about Deborah Whitman, it cuts to like Doc Ock and Kingpin kind of cutting a deal with each other to work together. Mm-hmm. And uh, things kind of go awry. I don't know why. I don't get why. Um, maybe they just don't like each other. But like Kingpin throws Doc Ock out a window no, maybe Doc Ock leaves. I, I, I honestly don't know. They just, they don't get down with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they, okay, this, let's just say this is probably the messiest conclusion <laughs> I've ever read. There's yeah. so much junk happening that it's so hard to summarize because there's so much plot, subplot. There's just like three, it's like reading three subplots with no overarching plot. That I'll just say without getting to the other parts of the story, the climax with Deborah Whitman is the worst story I think we've read so far. This is awful. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So in the interest of cleaning up (laughs) the Deborah Mm -hmm. Whitman subplot, um, he's told by her therapist that he should maybe speak to Biff, who, (laughs) as we all know, what went to high school with Spider Man. Well, actually, he he, the, he pretty much says to the therapist, I'm not helping you. Forget about it. I'll do this on my own. And he goes and talks to the professor, who then uh, the professor says, talk to Biff. So, like, yeah. Spider-Man, Peter Parker is pretty much like, I'm going to do this myself. I'm not going to try to scare her, which does seem insane. Like, yeah. Uh, it, the, it, well, clearly this guy's not a psychologist, right? No. And, and like, I, I just absolutely hate that they took this character that was not written well and was written so inconsistently 
and said, okay, let's just give her schizophrenia. Let's give her some mental issues to write her out right. of the story. Like, it, th- they did not, like, talk about this at all until these last two issues. It, it was... It had nothing to do with her character, and I thought that maybe they were just, like, saying, oh, people think that she's crazy because why would Peter Parker be Spider-Man? But no, in this issue, Peter has a line where he, like, he talks about the fact that maybe she does believe that I'm Spider-Man, or maybe this is her, uh, um, like going back into another like mental fit or something like that it's just like are you kidding me and then later on uh we we realized that she she's schizophrenic because she was abused by her husband and she's yeah, married that's, like it's uh... it's it, they just like really push her out they're like okay we we don't want to deal with this character anymore uh yeah she's she has an abusive husband who she's still married to uh so she's got to go back to the midwest see ya here's the train bye bye Go on, go get out of here, Dev. Yeah, it's like, are was, you kidding me? Like, it was way too clean. Yeah, yeah. V, what did you think, man? <sighs> yeah, there was a lot going on. At first, I was kind of intrigued. Like, who is this girl? Like, what's going? Because I haven't read the previous issues, so mm-hmm. yeah, what's going on here? Like, you know, how did he mess her up? How come she thinks um, Peter Parker Spider Man? How did she find out? But then so much stuff happens. All of a sudden, now there's the uh, Doc Ock battle that's going on with the the owl, and oh well, I gotta figure out what's going on here and. And then uh-huh. Peter Parker goes back to high school. He's talking to Biff, and I'm like, "Well, wouldn't like didn't Biff bully him? Like, wouldn't Biff hit him or like you know like mm-hmm, get mm-hmm. out of here?" Like, it, it just didn't make a lot of that. That didn't make a lot of sense. And again, so much going on, it was hard to keep track. And then what's her name shows up too, right? Black Widow, Black Cat. Black uh, Cat. yeah. And that seems to be like at first I'm like, "Oh, okay, there she is. This will you know turn into a, something." And at the end, it's like, "Oh my gosh, you're still alive!" Like it gets even more convoluted, right? Like. Yeah, you it know what? If this oh, issue, oh, so go the, ahead. The good thing is, I like the art. Like, I love yeah. this kind of art. Like, it's so like, I don't know. It just takes me back, right? It just takes me mm-hmm. back to like that. That that's that I can smell the page, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. See now, you can see the difference here. This is scanned. Like this is like a scan of a comic book. Yeah. That's the difference. Whereas the Amazing Spider-Man was computer colored, right? This is the original comic, and even though technically the 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 computer coloring is trying to mimic this there's something to be said for the desaturation of the newsprint and the fact that you can see the dots right that's yeah. i think what makes this color look better i agree yeah um this issue felt like an agenda it felt like okay we got to wrap up this we got to do that and we got to bring back black cat and they just shoved everything together so that part i didn't like about it this whole explanation of her backstory it was uh i don't know sort of just cliched and I don't know. They, to me, they destroyed her character completely. Because yeah. if you go back and read the earlier issues, she's not that bad. It's just that as time went by, the, the writers just didn't know what to do with her. So they, unfortunately, this is what Bill Mantlo did with her. They stuck her on a bus and told her to and let her leave town. Okay, you want to hear something crazy? She mm-hmm. does not appear again for 24 years. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's her last appearance, that bus. And then she doesn't come back until Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number 14. Are you kidding <laughs> yeah. me? Where, what happens is, remember when Spider-Man revealed his secret identity in Civil War? Right. Yeah. What happens is she writes a book talking about how Spider-Man ruined her life. I've never read it, but that's apparently where she what? ends up. Yeah. Amazing. I can't wait. I can't wait to read that now. Wow. Yeah. You know what's funny? I was actually going to talk about the fact that the only other time I've 
read an issue with Tigra is is in Civil War because she was a bigger part in in that was story. She? I don't remember. Wasn't okay. okay. Spoiler, I guess for Civil War, but wasn't she the one that turns on Iron Man? Well, she, if she was, was the double agent, I believe. I I thought that was Hulkling. It was, you know what? No, you know what? You might be right, but did mm. that happen in the main book or was that in a spinoff? I'm not Cause sure. Because if, if it was in a spinoff, I did not read it. I only read the main book. Okay. But uh, yeah, okay, let's just Anyways, get back yeah. to... Yeah. Oh, one more thing. This comic also has a distinction on um, SpideyKicksButt.com. This is number eight in the worst Spider-Man stories of all time. Uh, yeah. So I'll definitely give that link to you guys in case you want to read it. Yeah, actually, I would love to. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's talk about the art because V, you said this was your, you really like this art. Is there anything specific about it or any examples you want to talk about or just, was it the vibe overall? Well, it's an over overall vibe, but also the thing is like, I mean, look for the, the positive and the bad. Like I know uh, Jolie didn't like that confrontation between Kingpin and Doc Ock, but it's funny cause, um, he steals uh, the canister, right? Yeah. Doc Ock steals a canister from him, and uh, he doesn't look like he's too concerned, Kingpin. He's just like, ah, whatever. You know, like, hey, mm -hmm. give it back. And then his real canister gets stolen, and the look on his face was great. Like, wow, all of a sudden, he mm -hmm. really does look uh, shocked. Mm -hmm. um, I, I agree with you. I think this, is, this might be the strongest part of the story for me as well, but I think that it suffers from not really having much place um, in the rest of the story, yeah, like it yeah. feels so standalone, right? Right, like it feels just like the the MacGuffin that they need to bring Black Cat back at the end. Like yeah. it's just kind of like there to be like, okay, yeah, this was connected to Black Cat. Remember, you like her. We got rid of Deb, so don't worry, Black Cat's back. <laughs> like, oh. she's just been like, honestly, she's just been lurking around in the past two episodes, mm -hmm. and now the payoff, like her payoff. Um, is greater than Deb Whitman's entire like story in this room. Which sucks because at first yeah. she was written so well. Like she was genuinely a, an interesting character. And like the fact that she was like really rooting for Peter and like stuck around with him and he just kept like letting her down and letting her down. Like that would have been such a great moment for her to be like, you know what? Forget you, Parker. Like you need to choose whether you go off and do whatever you do or, or me. And like that could have been mm -hmm. such a like interesting story and having like mm -hmm. another thing that Peter's got to juggle around and make sure that he, you know, is there for her. Like, but no, it, they, they couldn't like consistently write her and, like gave her a mental disability and ended it there. It's just, I don't know. Well, uh, one other factoid about Deborah Whitman, she's the first girl to ever figure out Peter was Spider-Man because later on, Mary Jane figures it out and then they say she knew all along, which is BS, but whatever. But Deborah Whit Whitman is the first one to ever figure it out. So that's kind of cool. But does she? Because I, I guess she kind of well, does, but then once he takes off the mask, she starts laughing and, and is like, "How could I ever uh, think that?" I know that was silliness. Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? And then he's swinging yeah. away. He's like, "I wonder if she's gonna gonna ever realize that uh, I had to swing up there to get to her balcony." It's like, <laughs> yeah. What? Well, when I it's said like it the was the said, "Hey, yeah. we know there's a plot hole <laughs> We know here. this is ridiculous. We're just gonna tell you what it is. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, when I said it was the worst Spider-Man story, I mean, it's not the worst, but it's the worst. That that scene is the worst scene I think I've read so far. That was garbage. That whole climax. Um, 
Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought the art was good. I think it was a little bit inconsistent. Like, I think Jim Mooney obviously always polishes up, mm-hmm. polishes it up nice. And Bob Hall, we've come across him before. Uh, he's also the artist of Squadron Supreme, or at least some of the issues. He's definitely a good artist. Uh, but here, yeah, it definitely feels like it's early in his career and it, the art is inconsistent. But um, it, it definitely has a classic feel to it, though. And Jim Mooney's inks really help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so overall, ooh. I mean... I, when I said before that, hey, at least it's a comic book, that still applies. Like, I would read this again because I like Bill Mantlo, I like Bob Hall, I like Jim Mooney. But, I mean, as an actual story, I don't like this story. I hate no. this Deborah Whitman stuff. I think it's garbage. Uh, so, Jolie, what, what is your overall opinion of this? <sighs> it gets a 3 out of 10. Yeah? So you don't it recommend it? Well, no. Mm. <laughs> um, do you know what? <sighs> No, no, I don't even want to recommend it for the brief backstory that Deborah did get. Uh, That's the no. only thing that I was interested in. But even then, it was just like garbage. <laughs> it's like, oh, she's a battered woman. Mm-hmm. We're doing nothing to help this woman. Her character, her plot, nothing. But anyway, I, I can just hear Josh melt. Oh my god, I, I hate it so much. Like, Don't you, yeah. There, there's so yeah. much. There's so many other things they could have done with this character. Why not like give her the satisfaction of being right? Like, you know what? Yeah. You lied to me all these years. I can't do this anymore. Like, uh-huh. yeah, I've been in abusive relationships, but that's nothing to what you've put me through. And have her <laughs> leave on her own terms. Like, you still write her out and she's gone. But, like, uh, at least you don't, like, just diminish this character to, like, an uh, abused, like, wife that has, like, no actual story. Like, it just... Right, right, right. Like, if you were to summarize her entire arc, like, what, how, what would you even say? Mm-hmm. Like she's pushed around by Peter and finally leaves and like gets out of his life once she realizes that he's also abusing her like her husband is. Like what else is there mm-hmm. like besides yep. that? Yep. It's just oh man. Uh, you know I, I forgot to mention the 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 sort of new subplot reveal of Biff. I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know yeah. that whole thing like just came out of nowhere and again I like Bill Mantlo but that was really bad I wait thought. what was the side plot I was so angry uh, did I miss something important well because this is a new revelation the fact that that okay the fact that Deborah Whitman was married is a new revelation then the fact that Biff and her knew each other in, in college, yeah. college that's new and then you know he breaks through the door and the husband's beating her and uh, it just that whole thing was just ridiculous also, aren't just they so in popular. college now yeah i don't know how many times they've been in college yeah you're so, right i don't know sure and then weren't they also dating i don't remember them breaking up uh i don't know if they officially broke up but you know it's kind of ambiguous like everyone's relationship is ambiguous in this comic yeah. so i don't know it's kind of hard to tell but I will say the one, oh boy. The one so. good thing that I really enjoyed about this was on the last page, the, the first panel on the last page, we have uh, Spider-Man um, kind of recognizing Black Cat's voice. And we see like a close-up of him and all the buildings are upside down because the panel before that, he's ah. actually hanging upside down. So like, like it's almost like the panel itself is upside down. Good from eye. What it would normally be, yeah. So I, I, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Smart. That was, yeah, um, well, it's Bob Hall all the way. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, v, do you know anything about Black Cat? Not too much. Actually, I think the last time I re- um, was with you guys, it was a Black, Tap, Black Cat team-up. Okay. That's right. That's right. It was. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so I think it's a, a cool That was kind of a fun story. I remember liking that one. Hmm. Uh, Julie, are you familiar with Black Cat? Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think she's cool. I've always liked her. I mean, she's kind of just a, a you know, Spider-Man's version of Catwoman, but mm-hmm. she's got a completely different personality than, like, Selena Kyle, so yeah. I think she's cool. And also, I, as I pointed out on Facebook this week, she actually appears in the original, not original, the 1981 Spider-Man cartoon, the solo cartoon, voiced by the same woman that did the Baroness in G.I. Joe. Hmm. So, hmm. if you're interested, she's in that. And she was also in, oh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, one of the, um, uh, what's the, Andrew Garfield. She was actually oh, in that. right. She was played yeah. by, um. Someone famous. Jin Urso, the guy, the girl who played Jin Urso in yes! Rogue One. What's her name? Uh, Felicia. Felicity? Yeah, she plays Black Cat, but she doesn't actually put on the costume, but she is Her name's Felicity, Felicity uh, or Felicia Day, or Felicity. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Felicia, I don't know. No, it's Felicity. It's Felicity? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Felicia Day is a redhead. Felicity. Right, okay. Oh my goodness. Rogue One. Jin. Hold on. Let me just. Uh... Well, while you're doing that, it's just too bad they used such a good actress for this bit part, and now she. I mean, it'd be kind of weird to bring her back, but she would have been great as Black. Cat, yeah, you know? I think so. I mean, I feel like they were obviously like planting the seeds for. Um, the next movie. The next one. They did that with another character. B.J. Novak played. Um, a character who was supposed to be um, another villain. Oh, what, what's his in name? In Spider-Man? Yeah. Okay, let me look it up. He, he's the son of the guy that's in the wheelchair, and he, like, ends up being, like, mutated, and he's got, like, the weird, like, mandibles that come out of his back. So somebody called Alistair Smythe? Alistair Smythe, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Does he have a, a villain name, though? I can't remember. I can't remember. I, I, I think maybe they just call him Smythe. Okay. Yeah. I do remember him, yeah. Interesting. I don't even remember this movie. That's sad. It's a Felicity Jones, by the way. Yeah, Felicity Jones. Yeah. Okay, so that wraps up this episode. Yeah. So um, I don't know what to say. I mean, this has been, I guess, an uneven week of Spidey comics. Uh, yeah. V, well, how do you compare this week's batch to the last time you were on? Well, last time I think every story was great. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed mm-hmm. all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think this, we this we is talked a mixed to, bag. We we read the first issue with uh, Cloak and Dagger when you were on. Yes, that's yeah, right. that was so yeah. good. I think that's still mm-hmm. one of my favorite issues we've read so far. I agree. Fantastic. I agree. Uh, Julie, how does? Oh, so, sorry. Go ahead, Josh. Oh no, no. I was just gonna wrap things up. I was just gonna say, Julie, how does this week's batch compare to the last few weeks? Hmm. Um, it's we've gone from satisfactory to dissatisfied. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first Spidey was not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing, still good. Team up. Uh, skip the first story. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Deborah Whitman. I'm just gonna start a campaign. I'm just gonna write a comic about her. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what it takes, I'm just gonna do it myself. Hey, but yeah. That- Jolie, just so you know, you uh, you kind of swayed me on the uh, Tigra story. I, mm-hmm. I, I see the issues with it now. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. well, that's so- what I mean, though. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you, V, where I did enjoy it while I was reading it, but when I think about it, it's not a good story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
But anyway, so yeah, so there you go, folks. Another episode of Here Comes the Spider Cast. We do a different batch of Spidey comics every week. And Josh, you can take it from here. Yeah. Uh, why don't you guys uh, check us out over on Spotify or Apple Podcast um, at the Comic Book Syndicate. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook there. And at Twitter, we're called at Comic Syndicate. Uh, we want to uh, know what you guys think about the issues that we're reading and the podcast itself. So please leave us a review or comment wherever you can. Uh, and we want to keep that conversation going. All right. And we once again want to thank G.I. Jolie and V for joining us. We'll hopefully have you on again. Yeah. Thank you very much. So, so, you're welcome. so until next Monday, this has been Here Comes the Spider Cast. <laughs> <laughs>